0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Hoyer, and we are delighted to welcome in friend of the program, Tony Andraki. He of Marquee, and he joins us now on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas Home. Of the world's largest sports book, Tony. Good morning. How are you?
2: Good morning. Doing well. How are you guys?
1: You know, I, I said to David the other day, and I, I stand by it, that I really love the new rules. I really love the action. I really love watching uh, everything that's going on. But I can't get past the size of the bases. It's like it's almost like it. It just looks like it's kind of. I wonder if my TV is okay. You know, like it just—it's like, like a guy's wearing bozo shoes. Like, hey, what the hell? That guy's wearing crazy shoes. It just stands out to me. Am I the only one noticing this? He—he he thought it was an idiotic comment. But I did I'm,
3: not say idiotic. You,
1: you implied. I, I'm just curious, yeah. Tony. Does that does that look a little different to you, or am I overreacting? <laughs>
2: Well, I will never go so far as calling it an idiotic comment, um, but no, it honestly, it's something that I have not noticed at all down here, and it's not something that, that they're talking about, you know, the players and coaches and uh, people around baseball. It's really more about the pitch clock. It's about uh, the disengagements. It's about, you know, trying to figure out when to call time. Like we just saw it in the Cubs game yesterday where Tucker Barnhart tried to call time and uh, the umpire didn't grant it, and so the pitch clock ran out, and Rowan Wick accidentally walked the guy. Like, there are all these situations um, that teams are trying to take advantage of and, and figure out, but also just learn the rules. The umpires are trying to learn the rules. Like, I think that is coming into play so much more than the bases right now. And to be honest, when I've watched from the press box or I, I watch on the practice field and stuff, like, I was even just talking with Jim DeShays and, and Maddie Lee yesterday about it. Like, we don't really notice the bases being that big from where we're standing from where our perspective is and the players haven't talked about it. You know, it looks like they're just taking the same angles when they're running the bases and you know, maybe it's going to continue to, to increase stolen bases, but like, that's the only area where I've seen it so far, the bases actually. All
3: right, Tony, we could go a lot of different directions with terms of players who have stood out, but I want to start with Matt Mervis because he's got a lot to gain in this camp. I don't know what the expectations are based on all the other veterans that have, been added to the mix but how would you describe what Matt Mervis has done so far and how he fits into the plans
2: yeah he's been pretty impressive so far this spring I think you know David Ross was was singing his praises as well getting a chance to watch him I, I do think you know in terms of trying to make the team obviously Eric Hosmer Trey Mancini changed that equation quite a bit you know adding two veterans and and guys you know Hosmer for example four gold gloves and Defense is paramount to the team this year. So, you know, adding, a taking a guy like him away, trying to put Mervis in, that's that's difficult on multiple levels. Uh, Mancini, you know, is a big bat, a proven bat, can play DH, can play outfield as well. So the Cubs are trying to work through all those. But, you know, I think there's a little bit of a difficulty in Mervis's favor in that he leaves for the WBC soon. And he's going to miss a couple of weeks at Cubs camp. So, um, you know, it's an awesome opportunity for him to be able to play for, in his home country and stuff, but like it—it it hurts his chances of making the team in a practical sense. Like the Ross and the coaching staff and Hoyer's front office—they—they they just don't get a chance to see him in big league camp in front of their own eyes for maybe a couple of weeks, maybe even three weeks. You know, if if things go uh, really well for him in the WBC, so. I think that is difficult for sure. And, you know, also like this is a guy who's only played, you know, 50 games or so at the Triple A level. So it probably makes more sense for him to start there. Um, and especially given, you know, see how the Hosmer Mancini tandem works at first base and DH. But I think Mervis just continues to impress overall, like what he, he's picked up where he left off last season. And I think uh, Tommy Hotovy was even saying on our broadcast a couple of games ago, he's been struck by how patient Mervis has been. He has three or four walks already this spring. So, he has power. He's hitting well. Uh, you know, the, the shift is certainly helping him. I think he has at least two hits through like the hole on, on the right side where there's, you're no longer able to shift. So I think there's still definitely a bright, bright future for Mervis, but I'm not so sure that that's going to start an opening day.
1: Yeah. He's, he's going to, to uh, play against, uh, I believe, or he's with team Israel. And I was looking at the schedule the other day. They've, they've got some tough games, like you know, and they're, they're going to play the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico and Venezuela. I mean, it's they. you know, he should get opportunity, but as you say, leaving major league camp is, uh, is difficult for him just given the timing.
2: Yeah, it really is. And it, it it's difficult for some of these guys and, um, you know, and probably not a guy like Marcus Stroman. Stroman was talking yesterday. He's leaving today actually to, to go join team Puerto Rico and Florida. Uh, he and Nelson Velasquez. But, you know, Strowman has pitched in the WBC before, and he felt like a few years ago when he did, that he was in mid-season form by the time opening day came around. And he threw over 200 innings that year, and, you know, he he came to camp, like, really ready to go, and uh, David Ross was praising his intensity, too, in camp so far. yeah, I mean, I think Strowman will be will benefit for sure, and honestly, in the long run, I think Mervis will benefit from the WBC, from playing at that high level of competition. From you know, these these games can draw fifty to sixty thousand people at times, and Strowman was saying that it's the only it's the closest thing you can compare to playoff baseball in major in the major leagues. So, you know, for Mervis to not have any MLB experience, but then to have playoff like experience in the WBC. That's only going to serve him well in the future, Uh, but it's just going to hurt his stock just a bit this spring because the Cubs aren't going to get a chance to look at him with their own eyes. Tony,
3: Nico Horner led off for the fourth straight game yesterday, and I wonder, is this going to be a permanent thing? Do you think he's just getting a, a longer look because he's the best available option? What other options do you think exist, and do you like him there?
2: Yeah, you know, I think to your first couple of questions, I think yes to both. Like, it is going to be a more permanent thing, and and that's because there aren't really any other options. And I was actually a little surprised. We asked Ross about it yesterday, and he basically admitted to the fact that he likes Nico setting the table up top. He likes him as a tone setter. He doesn't have the same, you know, the prototypical skill set, at least even nowadays, where it's changed a bit from, like, the Juan Pierre-type leadoff hitters but nowadays that you know it's more of the three fifty or three sixty on base guys. And Nico's not quite that. He can, you know, if he maybe gets up to over three hundred with the average. But you know, I think Ross just likes him as like a spark plug. And he said for whatever reason, Nico has this ability to to kind of just motivate the team or just like be a be a guy on the field that that sparks everything, maybe even similar to Dexter Fowler a few years ago. And Tyler had the on-base percentage and, and the experience at leadoff that Nico doesn't, but um, but yeah, I think this is definitely going to be something the Cubs are going to try. And you know, depending on if Madrigal makes the lineup, like he's another option at leadoff. Uh, guys like Happ and, and morell you know, have done it a bit before, but you know, morell is facing a tough a tough uh, opportunity to make the opening day roster, and Happ's probably better served in the middle of the order, especially with Suzuki out. So. I think Nico's the guy to start the season and, you know, we'll see how it goes. And I think the Cubs have maybe some other options like Zach McKinstry and stuff as well, but Nico makes the most sense. And then when you have like Nico and Dansby Swanson and then Happ and whoever else, like you're getting your best hitters up there the most often throughout the game. So it will be really interesting to see how this all plays out.
1: I thought it was interesting when Jed talked about say a Suzuki uh, and said, there's no timetable. We had, talked to Coom about it and he said that that's usually a, a six week injury with an oblique. And Jed said that, that uh, opening day in jeopardy for Suzuki, because you obviously, you want to end that thing. You don't want it lingering into the year.
2: Yeah, for sure. They, they just want to make sure he's a hundred percent. And Jed kept kind of hammering home the point that opening day is just one day. And there's a lot of bad decisions made around trying to get back for one day. And, maybe not being 100% healthy just so you're able to play in in the day. But what the Cubs want is Suzuki back at full force. They don't want him to be dealing with an oblique injury that's lingering. And also, you know, the problem with these is they're just so tricky. Like Tyler Glass now, the raised pitcher, has one. Obviously, it's different pitcher versus hitter, but he's out six to eight weeks. And Nico Horner had a, an oblique injury on the different side of his body, on the right side in 2021 he was out six weeks he came back for like five games and then felt it again on another check swing and ended up missing the rest of the season so it, it's a very very tricky injury for a hitter because swinging is so violent and you have to have that that torque and that like ability to to twist and turn and without an oblique that's at 100 percent you can't do that so the cubs just want to make sure that say is healthy they want to make sure that He's back uh, whenever it it is, you know, if that's April 15th, if that's May 1st, they want to make sure that this is not a problem from here. And I think, you know, looking at the big picture and understanding that is important, but also because they have some options that they can plug into in the meantime, you know, Mancini can play the outfield wisdom can play the outfield. And then they have a couple of interesting non-roster guys like Mike Talkman, you know, a Chicago area native, like he's around and he can maybe make the team. Ben Deluzio's looked pretty impressive before leaving for the WBC and guys like morell and, and Velasquez. So I think the Cubs have options to plug the hole for now. They just want to make sure that this does not crop up all year, and Suzuki ends up missing more time when he comes back.
3: Tony, do you think that Christopher morell makes this team on opening day, and also is his uh, status maybe tied into Nick Madrigal's?
2: Yeah, it's a really good question, and right now, if I had to answer, I'd say no, he doesn't make the opening day roster. He He's played in just 10 games in AAA, and, Last year, he went right from double-A to the big leagues. And, you know, he kind of – he was awesome, obviously, at the start. But he kind of got exposed a little bit. The league figured him out the last couple months of the season. Ended up start, like finishing on a pretty hot note, too. But I think it makes more sense for him to get everyday playing time in triple-A, get a little bit more development. He's still only 23. Go down there versus, like, playing sporadically in the big leagues. Because even if he makes this team and he plays right field, which he hasn't played a ton of in his career – or he plays third base, the Cubs have a bunch of other options like Madrigal, like uh, newcomer Edwin Rios or McKinstry or Wisdom or, you know, all over the place. Like there's a bunch of options of guys who can play third base, who can play uh, right field. And, you know, Cody Bellinger is the new center fielder. So it's not like Morell is going out there, except maybe to spell him every few you know games. So I think it makes the most sense for Morell to start in the minors. I do think that's what's going to happen, but I guess let's see how you know, things play out over the next few weeks. Uh, maybe other injuries crop up. Maybe the Cubs need to include him. Or maybe he just plays so well and proves that, like, hey, you can't keep me in the minors. I deserve a spot in the opening day roster. Uh,
1: does uh, does um, Hayden Wisniewski get a spot in the opening day rotation?
2: He, if he pitches anything like he did a couple of days ago, <laughs> then yes, absolutely. Uh, he was fantastic. And, you know, striking out Julio Rodriguez as well, like, to start things off, like, Hayden's a really interesting guy. I mean, I think he's going to be a – a an awesome piece for this rotation moving forward uh like long-term big picture i don't know if that starts on opening day i think my gut is the cubs are probably lean a bit towards the track record and the veteran experience with adrian sampson to begin the year in the rotation you know it's kind of it's it's hard to argue with his success in the cubs uniform like an era just over three and you know well over 100 innings the last couple of years so I think the Cubs kind of owe it to themselves, and, and Samson has deserved a shot to to see like if this is real, if he can keep it up and keep it going into 2023. So my gut is that's where it kind of leans. But yeah, you know if Wisniewski makes it impossible for that to happen, then maybe Samson moves to the bullpen, or you know they figure something else out. Um, and then Javier Asad looked really good in his first start, too. So he's in the mix as well. But whether Wisniewski's in the opening day rotation or not, I think he's going to end up being really good for the Cubs this year and, and pitches some really really important innings at some point.
3: Great stuff, Tony. Keep
1: up the great work. Thanks, Tony.
2: Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
1: That's Tony and with the uh, with the Marquee Network.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s. It's over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.